What's the secret to your hair, Dr. Lisa? I get that question so much. And what I have changed recently is using my Nourish Collagen Peptides from the Nourish Balance Thrive line. As you know, before I ever put my name on anything, I test it out for months. And so therefore, I have been using this product for a long time before it ever became available to you guys. Why am I loving this product so much more than any other ones that I've ever used? A, this is grass-fed collagen. So if you are dealing with post-COVID hair loss, if you are dealing with a Hashimoto's diagnosis or a hypo or just low thyroid diagnosis and you're losing your hair, or maybe you're noticing your hair just isn't as thick as it used to be when you were in your 20s, right? There's so many of us noticing that. You might want to add some collagen into your routine. And the Nourish Collagen Peptides is from grass-fed cows, so you're going to love that. You're not going to get all the nasty hormones or whatever else that might be in conventional products. I am always looking for the cleanest source available. What else? If you're looking in the mirror and you're noticing those laugh lines, or if you can pinch your skin and it doesn't like rebound back as fast as it used to, that means the elasticity of your skin just isn't there and we want to rebuild it, nourish it so it can thrive, right? So the Nourish Collagen Peptides will do just that. And obviously as a chiropractor, I love this because it is good for your joint health as well. So Nourish Collagen Peptides has type 1 and type 3 collagen peptides in it, which are great for, like I said, hair, skin, and nails. So if you are dealing with laugh lines or thinning hair or creaky joints, you're going to want to grab a container of the Nourish Collagen Peptides. You can mix it into your smoothies, into your coffee. You can mix it into like your brownies if you're eating that drlisao.com, click the shop link or click the link below. An ironic media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. Welcome to the show. On today's episode, I have Mira Dussy. What is Mira speaking about? Oh, we are making something super simple for you guys because I've had some listeners reach out saying, I love all this information, but I'm kind of overwhelmed still. And so my whole goal is to make healthy living simple. And Mira is going to go through and we're going to talk about foods and nutrition, but we're going to go even to the simple aspect of walking into the grocery store and why at certain times we feel so overwhelmed just as soon as we walk in there. There's a reason why they're marketing to you a specific way. So we're going to talk about that, but we're also just going to go through some of the confusion that's out there as to why some people think certain foods are okay and are healthy, why they're really not healthy, because it is downright confusing. So listen in on this episode. You asked, I listened. We are bringing you experts to help you make this even simpler. And as always, if you just want some information, You can always find it over at my personal Facebook group of Ketone Your Health, K-E-T-O-W-N, as in own your health. It's a play on word on ketones. So what you need to do is go to facebook.com and then search Ketone Your Health, K-E-T-O-W-N, your health, and request membership in there. And then if you're really ready to up-level your health, you can always request a consult with me and you can book that at bit.ly forward slash Dr. Lisa Consult. So what that is, it's the abbreviated link, bit.ly forward slash Dr. Lisa Consult. Hey there, Rockstar. I'm so glad you're here. I know you've been struggling for a while, trying to figure out why things just aren't changing. I've been there. I get you. I see you. I know how hard you're trying. 
I'm here to let you know that there's light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm here to teach you the simple steps to becoming that healthy, vibrant, best version of you. Are you ready? Let's do this. Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Olszewski, and I have Mira Dusty here with me today. We are going to talk food. We're going to talk ingredients. We're going to talk all sorts of important stuff because obviously food is what we're nourishing our bodies with and every cell that we become goes with what we just put into our body. So Mira, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me on, Lisa. This is going to be fun. It is. So tell my audience a little bit about yourself. Fill them in. Sure. So I'm known as the ingredient guru. And really, that's just because I have this nerdly fascination with all the stupid stuff they do to our food. Right. Um, you know, my joke is my family won't go to the grocery store with me anymore because <laughs> I, <laughs> I spend time looking at things I have no intention of buying just to see what they're doing. So I, I do the tell, same thing. We can right? be instantaneous best friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, and part of it is, you know, if you don't pay attention to those things, then you don't sort of see some of the trends and some of the manipulation that they're using. And that's what we're really looking for is to educate people how to not do that anymore. Not fall into those traps because man, it's a big deal with marketing buzzwords, right? And so- More than marketing buzzwords, you know, there's a lot of psychology that goes into it. So for example, an aisle that you and I generally don't go down, I'm sure is the cereal aisle. <laughs> but if you, if you happen to duck in there just to take a peek, you'll notice that all of the cereals that are aimed at adults either don't have people on them, or if they have people, the people are looking right at you. Right. All the cereals that are aimed at kids have cartoon characters and you know little figures that they see from shows or whatever, and they're all looking down at the kids. The eyes are yeah, looking down. That's crazy. And, and it's kind of at that kid's level. They're not putting the kids' cereals up in the top shelf. No. Well, they're putting <laughs> it lower, but they're aiming it either mm -hmm. at a child in the grocery cart or a, a young child walking because there's this, and the other thing is you'll notice that their eyes are bigger. You know, <laughs> babies have big eyes, baby mm -hmm. animals have big eyes, and they're so cute. And they do that because there's this psychological effect that they're making that connection and trying to get them to go, oh, I want, I want that cereal. Oh, you know? and, we know the dangers in that for the kids, for all of those, um, Man, let's well, like, do you want to just deep dive into some of the ingredients that we see in those? I mean, I could start. Oh, sure. Yeah, let's you just know, go right in. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and so I, I have a couple of simple rules that I have come up with to help people learn how to not get sucked into the ingredient you know, side of what's going on rather than worrying about, is this real food? Is it not real food? Like these rules make it super easy. Okay. So one of them, and this is always at the bottom of the label, bottom of the, and we're talking specifically about the ingredient panel here, not the nutrition part where it lists, you know, calories, fat, sugar, all that. That's important too, but we're talking about like what's actually in what you're eating. At the very bottom of that label, if you see a whole bunch of, you know, capital letters together, that 
is an acronym for long chemical name, and you really shouldn't eat it. <laughs> really bad stuff that I can't yeah. pronounce. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. And so we see things like TBHQ, EDTA, BHA, you know, BHT. So BHA, for example, butylated hydroxyanosols, too many letters to put on there. So they shrink it down. So anytime you see a whole bunch of capital letters, like just put it back on the shelf. So what are those chemicals for? Those what chemicals are usually are preservatives. Yeah. And so they're in there just to make that product shelf stable and make it last longer. You know, here, here's the thing. Food producers have no idea how much people are going to buy or when they're going to buy it. They need to get it from wherever they made it to wherever your grocery store is and then let it sit there on a shelf until somebody decides to buy it. It's got to last a while, you know. And I will interject here, by the way, in case anybody's thinking of this, contrary to popular belief, Twinkies do not last 23 years on a shelf, <laughs> but they do last an awfully long time. <laughs> they do. And they should, you know And I mean? And that's how you just think of like what that's doing to our bodies at that point, right? So regardless, yeah. and, and it's so good to be able to look at the foods and to try to figure out what it is that we are eating. Um, I know we oftentimes here shop the perimeters of the grocery store. So, oh, I love that. That's one of my favorites, actually, because so many people will say, you know, when I'm working with clients and they'll say to me, oh, I just shopped the perimeter. That's where all the healthy stuff is. And the answer is, you know, food producers and grocery stores, they pay attention to what people are saying. And so there's, it's actually not as, as benign on the perimeter as you'd think. So one of the biggest things that I remind people is something called grocery creep. And this is where things that don't belong in the perimeter manage to make their way there. Sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So for example, you know, in the summertime, strawberry season, strawberries are fresh and they're fragrant. Like you walk into that produce section and you can smell them because they're so fragrant and you want to buy them. And right next to them is a little refrigerated case that has whipped cream and those things that look like sponges and probably could because they're trying to convince you that don't you want to make strawberry shortcake for your family? And so essentially what they're trying to do is convince you that they've just done it for your convenience. No, they've done it because if it's there, you're more likely to be tempted to buy it. Right. And, you know, and, and so it happens like now there's juices in the produce section, there's salad dressings in the produce section. If you go to the meat section, there's rubs and seasonings and all kinds of things. You know, they, they put things wherever they think you'll buy them and they're now trying to pair them up with, you know, things that they might go well with so that it can encourage you to just sort of go, oh yeah, I'll do that. And th those are not great choices. And kind of even like at the checkout aisle, aisle where you think of all the things that they throw at you while you're standing there waiting to get through the cart. I know. Yeah. And you know, part of the challenge too, and this is something that people think about a lot, but don't always do. By the time we get to the checkout, chances are you've spent probably a good 45 minutes to an hour in the grocery store. Wow. And eat, well, think about it. How long it takes you to go through. If you're doing a full a traditional, shop. That's true. I so, yeah. Doing like a full 10-day shop, you know, seven to 10 days, it's going to take you about an hour. Um, and, and especially if they've done a reset lately and you got to figure out where they put everything. Right. Um, but so what happens is there's this other emotional thing that happens to us. Even if we felt like we weren't hungry when we got to the grocery store, we've been looking at food for an hour 
And we may not even physically feel hungry. Our stomach may not be going, feed me, but our brain is like food, food, food. And then we see the kind of food that is quick, that our brain associates with quick energy, chips and candy. Right. <laughs> or a soda. Because at that point, we're thirsty too, you know? And, and so those become, like, there are things that we need to do either to just simply be aware of it or make sure that you bring a beverage with you. Um, I am actually not opposed to buying a, a box of a healthy bar or something like that and opening it up in the store and eating one so that I avoid the candy bar at the front. You know? Well, that's a great suggestion for people. And I guess that's the case. Even, you just think of the marketing that is involved because this is one of those things. Every single person goes to the grocery store, right? There are other stores that we choose not to go to, but even like the healthiest of people, we still go to the grocery store. <laughs> and so there is definitely marketing playing in psychology, like you had just said, to all of us. So what are some other ways that they are trying to fool us um, in that grocery store to help increase their sales? You know, like I said, they pay attention to the words we use, the things we say. They actually spend lots of money hiring professionals to figure out what are our buzzwords, what are the things that people are interested in, and they use something called front of package labeling. And that's where they have a lot of real estate on the front. They can do whatever they want there, and they share information that they think is appealing to us. So if you'll remember going back, oh, I don't know, 15, 20 years, it was a whole big thing about whole grains. We needed mm -hmm. to have more whole grains in our diet. And all of a sudden you were seeing all of these packages that said things like, you know, 21 grams of whole grains, nine whole grains, so many whole grains per serving. Like they're really marketing to us. Well, now what are we seeing? We're seeing a lot of things about protein because we're all being told that protein's important. So we want to see protein. We're also seeing that, you know, people are shopping more organic. So they'll say organic on the front to try to convince you to buy it. One of the ones that drives me nuts though, is they can manipulate you quite heavily by doing that. One of the most egregious examples that I've seen is an, a bag of chips that said made with organic blue corn on the front of the package, huge letters. And you think, wow, that's great. It's this whole big bag of chips and it's organic. And then you flip it over and it's made with corn and or canola oil, two of the most highly genetically modified oils on the face of the planet. So I'm like, it doesn't matter how organic it is. You just fried it in GMOs. Right, right. And we need to be aware of that, right? And that's where I feel like, you know, you think back to the fat-free labels way back when. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Or trans fats when they did that, too. And we all had to figure out, like, you started to dissect that. And it was like, well, no, it wasn't fat-free because they could have, I don't remember what numbers were, right? But the 0. same thing grams fat. per serving, yes. Is that, so, I mean, yeah, you think of the Snackwell cookies back in the day. And I always laugh. It's like when you ate the entire canister of the Snackwell cookies with a whole box of it, you're still <laughs> getting a ton of calories, a lot of sugar. But we, we did end up with fat too, right? That's why we all ballooned out over the course of the last 30 years within, especially well, in the United States. And that actually brings up a really good point. You know, when, when they do things like fat-free, sugar-free, that kind of stuff, our body knows that it's not the same. Like it doesn't taste good. 
um, sometimes if they, if they change things, it actually winds up getting a metallic taste to the food or an unpleasant taste, or it just doesn't have the right mouthfeel. And so they make up for it by adding something that is the opposite of whatever they took out. So when they, when they say fat-free, there's usually a ton of sugar. When they say sugar-free, there's usually a ton of fat. Mm -hmm. and, and neither of those, by the way, has anything nutritional in it. So if you're going to have, for example, something that's got real fat, whole fat, a healthy form of fat, you actually feel satiated. You sit down and you try to serve yourself a fat-free cookie and you are going to eat that entire <laughs> box because your body's just like, no, there's something wrong. Exactly. You know? And then, but here's the, here's the other thing. And this is one of the things, you know, getting serious here for a second that really upsets me. Food producers know that they're manipulating us, but they then turn around and tell us that it is our, we have to take personal responsibility. And so the message that people go home with was, well, if you just ate that entire box of cookies, it's because you're a loser. You have no willpower. You should do better. And what they're not saying is you didn't nourish your body. And so understand this is why this happened and then let's look for ways to actually give your body the nutrients that it's craving that it wants in order to be healthy so let's transition right into that so how are some ways especially if somebody's new to this right like yeah. they're thinking because this is my whole philosophy with my business is healthy living simple because people get online and they get so overwhelmed and they give up yeah. and it's easier you know like we just said you're walking through those supermarket we are being target marketed specifically to buy really bad stuff, like to keep us sick, to keep us fat, because et cetera, all of the stuff helps feed their pocketbooks. So what do we need to do? Where do we start if it's a mom with her kids right now? And she's saying, but, but what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> what do I do when I have a two-year-old that's screaming at me that wants the, <laughs> the box of whatever cereal because of the freebie prize in it? <laughs> I know, I know. And that's the other thing. Like they, they spend so much money trying to figure out how to separate us from our kids because they know that kids drive the majority of the shopping decisions at the grocery store. Especially when the temper tantrums are flaring. Oh yeah. Which is a real thing, right? Like that's just. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, believe me. When I, when I first, so it, I did not become the ingredient guru overnight. Like it took a while, years, literally. I was on my own health journey and I remember a really ugly, knockdown, screaming fight with one of my daughters in the grocery store because she wanted her juice and I wasn't going to buy it anymore because it had high fructose corn syrup in it. And I realized later that we should have just had that conversation when we got home. But it was like, we are not buying that crap anymore. Like I was, you know, evangelizing. I'll eat. What's going on over there? <laughs> right? People were walking by like, I don't know if I know you, but... Um, but so, so really, I think one of the biggest things for people to remember is don't try and do it all at once because it is overwhelming. And then you wind up going, either you pitch it or it's just this huge continual battle with your family. So to start, I generally recommend that people begin with the dirty dozen. That's the 12 fruits and vegetables that are most likely to be contaminated by pesticides. And quite frankly, your family is not going to really care if you buy an organic apple versus a conventional apple, because an apple is an apple, but you're giving them something that's not putting as much toxin into their body. So that's huge. 
And then from there, figure out like what's more important to you. Is it that you want to get rid of antibiotics and hormones in your food? Well, then we're going to look at the, the animal products, your dairy, your meat, that kind of thing, and, and see if that's clean. Is it that you want to get rid of artificial things, artificial flavors, artificial colors, artificial sweeteners? You know, then look at those, but just make one change at a time. It's going to take a while, but once you've mastered that, then look at what's next. I love that. And I think that's, that's the beauty in all of this. For those of us that, like you and I, that were at the other end of our journey, people look at us and say, but you know, you're, I get this a lot in my practice, but you're here and I don't know how I can get there. And it's like, but you didn't know me 25 years ago, right? <laughs> and this didn't happen in two weeks. This happened over a course of 25 years, right? I mean, I think of when I was in grad school, I thought, you know, Oh, Splenda was a good thing. And now I you know, wouldn't be caught dead eating Splenda, but that's the reality of what it was. It, it took, was my own transition through there. So I do love that. Like, and just becoming and listening to podcasts like this and, and finding out more information. And if you're sitting here saying, wow, there's antibiotics in my meat. Like I didn't know that. Then let's dive in and look at that information too. And why maybe removing the antibiotics or removing the growth hormones out of our food is a really great idea. <laughs> Yeah, well, and, and the other thing that I'll point out is everything that you do, every step along that path, that's one more thing than you were doing yesterday. Absolutely. You know, and so if you're like, okay, you know what, I am going to buy dairy products that do not have RBST or RBGH in it. That's a, a hormone that they give the cows to make them give more milk. Unfortunately, that hormone does not go away after they've milked the cow. It's in that dairy. And it is believed to be part of the reason why girls are getting their periods as young as I've seen reports that say as young as eight years old, which is horrifying. Yes. It's also tied to increases in insulin growth factor one, which you know may not mean something to everybody, but the, the shortcut answer is that's a precursor to cancer. Mm -hmm. And when, when insulin growth factor one goes up and, and there are studies that definitively show that. So for all of your dairy, you want to look for that label that says, you know, made without these hormones because we just don't need them, you know, and, and quite frankly, it's a female hormone. So all the guys out there who are drinking that, like they don't need that. Right. You know, nobody needs added hormones. Our body does it by itself. <laughs> yeah. Our body is beautiful and, and so intelligent and knows exactly what to do if given this right, you know, circumstances. This is how I preach as a, I'm a chiropractor and a naturopath, right? So I honor that body's innate intelligence. Okay. That's wonderful. I love this. And so, um, what's, what are some of the biggest mistakes do you feel like people make at the grocery store? No well, I think the biggest one is walking in and thinking that everything that's in there is food. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. Oh. You know, because it looks like a lot. There's, you know, 50,000 items in, a, in the average grocery store, I believe. Mm-hmm. Although they're getting bigger and bigger all the time. That's the other challenge. Um, you know, I, I think one of, the, one of the biggest challenges that people make is that they don't take the time to actually read the ingredient panel. Because really, you have so much control over it. And we're so used to shopping on autopilot for a couple of reasons. One you know, as humans, we like the same 20 foods. We just want to eat those all the time. We know exactly where they are. We go buy it. We put it in our cart. We go home. And so it takes a lot of effort to go, wait, these pickles have artificial colors in them. So now I'm going to look for pickles that, and and who would know that, right? I mean, exactly. 
and you think that's got color, but you flip it around and sure enough, it usually has blue, yellow, and or green. Um, and, and so there are pickles at the grocery store that don't have that. So taking the time to find what that change is. Mm -hmm. And then I think the other big mistake that a lot of people make is when they go to the grocery store, they're usually, like I said, shopping on autopilot. And if you're going to switch to a real food, whole food, nourishing diet, you really have to walk in with a plan. You have to know what it is that you want to feed your family so that you can make decisions because otherwise the grocery store, you know, I don't know about you, but my grocery store has now put in one of these little cooking stations where they have somebody, you know, making sample things all the time. And um, they, they don't share at the moment, but they're still cooking up there so that they can talk to you about all the products that they're using and it smells good. And you think, wow. Um, and then the other thing that you see a lot in, in that same vein is how they'll make suggestions. So maybe next to the meat, they'll have, you know, certain things, make a meal, do this. And so we just shop on autopilot because we went in there without a plan. Right. Yeah. And so we fail without plans. We know that whole saying. How about that? I love the fact that you brought up the food colors. Yeah. Explain to them why food colors are so important because I mean, um, they're in so many things. I, and when you talk about looking at ingredients, I will go to the local, like, uh, like CVS Walgreens and just go down the supplement aisle to compare what my patients are walking in and looking at. And I kid you not, like not only like probiotics, when I look at them, they're genetically modified. They're grown from GMO stuff. There's also food colors in your probiotics mm -hmm. or in the vitamins and all of that. And I was like, no, we are not like when, when they, my patients are like, I can go buy this huge container over there. Like, I'm like, okay, this is the reason why you want to grab something here instead. So tell everybody that's listening why food colorings are so important to get out. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the biggest things to remember about artificial food colors is that Food producers use them because our brain is pre-wired to see colorful things as being ripe. You know, so we know, for example, that um, green strawberries are probably not tasty, but red strawberries, on the other hand, those are good. And so, you know, they use that as a means of trying to tempt us into thinking something like Fruit Loops is ripe and it looks good. Although I've never <laughs> found a Fruit Loop tree, but that's okay. Uh, so the reason they're banned for us is because those artificial colors, they're called lakes and dyes, are made from petrochemicals. And they interfere with our neurotransmitter status and they really overwhelm our brain. As a matter of fact, there was a huge study that was done in England that showed, and they did like tons of thousands of children in several different age cohorts. And they found that children who had attention deficit issues, it made it worse. Um, it made them more inattentive and it sometimes actually made them more irritable as well. Even children who did not have attention-related disorders, many of them had experienced some form of anxiety or overwhelm because these petrochemicals were getting into their brain and impacting how well their brain chemicals could balance what was going on. And this is when and, they're growing a brain. Right, like, absolutely. There's so much development, yeah. And, and the problem is, it's the same thing for adults. I mean, mm -hmm. the impact may be less for adults because we potentially consume less of that than children do. Mm -hmm. Per pound body weight, children consume far more colors than adults do. 
And so it's really problematic because they're getting an overdose, but even adults when they, and that for me, honestly, was one of, that was one of the beginning things. I, I had a friend give me a book about artificial colors and I was having other, I mean, I wound up being diagnosed with a lot of different autoimmune disorders. And so my friend gave me this book and I read it and I kind of went, huh, I should try that. And as I removed the artificial colors from my diet, like I began to feel so much better. I'm like, well, what else is in what I'm eating? And became the genesis of what I'm doing. But the challenge is when it comes to things like personal care products, you know, toothpaste, for example, if Mm -hmm. you put it in your mouth or or on your skin, it's getting into your body. Toothpaste, shampoo, conditioner, moisturizer, lotion. And then like you said, all the pharmaceuticals, all the supplements, all the pills, those are all colored because it makes it easier for the pharmacist to identify them. And I get that. Like, I understand why. The problem is it's not healthy for us. So you either need to go to a supplement that does not have that, or you need to go to a compounding pharmacy. When it comes to personal care products, you need to read that label and yes. get rid of that stuff. I always tell people, especially personal care stuff, if you can't pronounce the ingredients or like literally for me, like if I wouldn't eat it, I'm not going to use it on my skin. Like that's how clean I go. Right. And so, um, and, and the simple explanation is at least when we eat, we have some sort of filtration system through stomach acid, through the liver, through all of that. You throw stuff directly on your skin. It's going directly, you know, through into your bloodstream and now your body's got to deal with that. So there's so much. And I mean, something you had said earlier too, is if looking at like an apple, an organic apple versus a non-organic, what I always see. And I know I, I see the difference. I know you do. And I see it with patients all the time. So probably the people you're working with say it as well. Once you really start switching everything over to a much cleaner diet, you know, taking out all the chemicals, whether it's all, you know, hundred percent organic, whatever it is, your food tastes better, right? The flavor is there. And I think we've all gotten used to just really bland tasting food because that's just what we've evolved with, like over the last 30 years, right? In America, especially. Well, because the grocery stores and the food producers, if they can create a consistent product, mm -hmm. it's going to travel better, it's going to store better, it's going to look better. And so they've gone for appearance over nutrient density and flavor, you know, and, and, but here's, here's another really funny, true fact. There was a scientific study where they looked at the impact of eating organic over eating conventional produce. And what they discovered, and I believe, uh, I would have to look it up. I'll send you the study uh, because it's really fascinating. I believe it was eight weeks. People were perceived to be more attractive after eating organic because of what it did to their skin. That would make sense. So so if it makes you look better, like there's some motivation. (laughs) No kidding, right? Everybody. This is when our vanity comes up. <laughs> so awesome. I love this conversation because this is something um it's so important to everybody's life and it's something that's simple that we can do um to start impacting not just the quality of our life today and tomorrow but literally 10 20 30 years down the road and if you're if you have little kids it's something that totally will impact the quality of their life later on as an adult. So um how about let's one last thing. I mean we could talk forever on this, I'm sure. Yeah. Um the government, don't they have our best interests in mind? <laughs> with our food guide pyramid and everything else. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's something you hear a lot. Yeah. And so here's the thing. I, I think part of the challenge that we run into is, first of all, the government does not have enough time to stay on top of everything. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. And so there are a lot of things that slide by. For example, there's this whole process called generally recognized as safe. And it says, if you eat these chemicals that are known to cause cancer or known to cause this health issue or known to be problematic in this way or that way or something else, in the amount that they're being served, they're generally recognized as safe. And the problem, there's, there's a twofold problem with that. One, who's keeping track of how much you're eating? Like it could be in 30 things that you're eating. So it might be okay, but once you get past three products, like it's not okay anymore. So nobody's really keeping track of that. And the other is the process for generally recognized as safe means that they leave it up to the manufacturers to say, we consulted some experts who said it was okay. And I just, I struggle with that, you know, because we have the, one of the big ones is trans fats. You just, you know, we talked about that a moment ago. For the longest time, trans fats were considered generally recognized as safe, in spite of the fact that there were lots of questions. Mm-hmm. And eventually it got to the point where the FDA could no longer ignore the fact that trans fats are really, really bad for you. And so they removed them from the generally recognized as safe list doesn't mean they're still not in the food, just means they're no longer generally recognized as safe. You know, and so I think that the problem is, it's not perhaps that the government doesn't want to have all of us do better and be better. It's that they don't have the resources and that they certainly don't, they're very, very slow to move. So going back to artificial colors, for example, in the EU, artificial colors, in a product come with a warning label. Our system looked at the exact same science and said, "Mm, we're not sure we're convinced. I'm like, really? Follow the money, right? I think a lot of it is follow the money. Yes. And, and that is, that is part of it also, you know, because yeah, you know, there is a lot of money involved in that. And, you know, it's very, very challenging because the food producers can, push back and say, hey, you're going to make things very difficult for us. But, but here's the thing, for example, you know, products that are made with artificial color in this country are made without artificial color in the EU. Right. Because I know. They have to label it and they don't want to put a warning label on it. So they reformulate it, but it's more expensive to reformulate. And yeah. so they, they'll do it over there because they have to, but they don't have to do it here. And so they don't. It's crazy to me. Yeah. When you travel overseas and start seeing some and being able to grab the same products and looking at but Yeah. So crazy. Well, I know you have a great, uh, some information to share with them. So why don't you give them, or actually we'll link your website along. Oh, thank but, you. Yeah. Um, so it's all about plastics, right? I mean, we, this is, yeah. we'll have to bring you back onto the podcast just to talk about all of that stuff. So give them a little bit and then, um, we'll put yeah. the link as to where they can get it from. Absolutely. So we've been talking about what's in our food, but you know, the challenge is what's in is not everything because there's also what's on, you know, if it touches the food, it it can be problematic as well. There are thousands of food contact materials. And so I have a, a book called is plastic making you fat and anxious. And it talks about ways that plastic gets into our food supply and how it impacts our health and our well-being. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to set up a little link where your folks can get it for free. Perfect. Otherwise, um, I will just say it out here, the ingredientguru.com forward slash T-A-S hyphen gift. Capital T-A-S. Oh, capital T-A-S hyphen. Okay. Hyphen lowercase gift. (laughs) Okay. She's got it. Perfect. 
Yeah. Awesome. Well, tell them where else they can find more about you, obviously, on social and your website is the ingredient guru. Yep, so my website is The Ingredient Guru. I'm also on Facebook. I have a great consumer group where I just share all kinds of free information, latest news, that kind of thing. It's called The Ingredient Guru Support Group. Totally, totally free to be there and just get some of this information. And then if you go to Amazon, I also have a book called The Pantry Principle, how to read the label and understand what's really in your food. Because obviously we only had so much time to talk, but there's way more information. And it's a great resource for anybody who's really looking to make those changes and take back their food. I love it. Thank you so much for being on, Mira. I so appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me on, Lisa. It was fabulous to talk with you. All content provided by Dr. Lisa Olszewski and her guests in her programs, including this podcast, her website, summits, and other platforms, is for educational and informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider before you make any changes to your health routine, especially related to this content. Ask your physician questions about medical conditions. No statement has been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and products mentioned or discussed in these programs are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I hear it all the time. How do I get my kids to eat fruits and vegetables? How can I get them to take a multivitamin? Or even for our adults, I hate fruits and vegetables. How do I incorporate some of the great benefits of this? This is why I created the Nourish Super Greens and Super Reds. You are going to love them. They are all organic. You have organic green blend and an organic red antioxidant blend. But what else I love about this... I brought in immune support as well. So we have such amazing superfoods, all of the different mushrooms that are in there, along with digestive enzymes. And you can just mix it into your smoothie. You can mix it into some water, but it tastes good. There are no added sugars. You're going to love it. So just click the link below or go to drlisao.com and click the shop button.